0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, on the ones and twos, super producer Brandon Newman, my father, Mike Golick Sr., and back for an actual Wilder Wednesday. No need to adjust your clocks. Charlotte Wilder coming to us, I believe, live from the uh, Miami Hotel Studio. Charlotte, I know you've been down there with the Levitar crew, so where exactly are you?
2: Oh, yeah. If you can hear yelling, it's because the show is going on right over there. I'm in a corner of the office. I'm holding my microphone. It's all extremely on brand, and I couldn't be more pleased.
0: So, Charlotte, are they punishing you for the Celtics getting the win last night? Is that what's going on right now? Because I feel like you guys have shaken a little bit of the confidence of Miami sports.
2: Oh, my gosh. Right? I mean, they're in there being like, you know, we're – we're not worried, we're fine. And I'm like, I would be a little worried because after that performance last night, I'm like Celtics in seven.
0: Oh, wow, the confident dad, you hear the confidence all of a sudden leaking back in here as to start this show. So just to paint the picture for everyone of the chaos that I've been dealing with here, as we remind you to download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating, check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel, along with those fine folks at the Lebittard Show and on DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV+. Getting ready for this show, I'm sitting here waiting for the Levitard show to get Charlotte out of the penalty box and bully her in a corner where she can talk to us. My dad's over here trying to hardwire his internet 30 seconds before we go on air and then remember how to set everything up, sipping his coffee the entire time like we're not getting ready to start a show. Dad, are you okay? Can we start with you now too? Is everything fine on your end?
1: Let me just say that was a mistake for me to try and hardwire this thing 30 seconds before the show. I thought yeah. it would be easy. My router my router is literally six feet away from me. I have actually the cable to hardwire, except there's only one like slot left for it, and it doesn't fit in there. So I thought I had to pull another one of the cords out, but I didn't know which one to pull out. So I got all confused and then I came back on here and all of a sudden I wasn't connected anymore and I thought, oh my God, did I screw this up? I got Ted, my bulldog, running around like a maniac, Hank just trying to survive, your mother and Jake are driving back to Massachusetts. I'm alone here, all hell's breaking loose, but yes, here I am. Boston in seven is a load of crap. There is no shot. They're winning this thing, Charlotte. So you go ahead and enjoy that one victory. Just like I said... They're in a no-win situation. Yes, they won, but every Celtic fan should be saying, where the hell was that when we were down 2-zip? Because we ain't coming back from 3-zip. Nobody's done it. Not to say it's impossible, but it ain't happening. So where the hell was that? We're down 9 after one or in the first period, and we were able to mentally be tough enough to come back in this one. We were mentally tough enough to go on an 18-0 run in this game and shift the lead from, you know, nine against to 9-4. We we're mentally tough enough to do all that. Where was that, Charlotte? Where was that when you were down 2-zip and you needed to win the most?
0: I love how you're yelling at Charlotte like she's on the team and controls this, by the way. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Sorry, but, sorry, Zula calls sorry. me before every game and he's like, Charlotte, what should we do? And I'm like, try as little as possible. And he's like, got it. I don't know. I, feel, I do feel that way. I do feel that way. But I also feel like, You know, Al Horford said it after the game. He was like, our backs are up against the wall. And I don't know, had anyone ever come – I'm not even going to say the Red Sox thing. I'm not going to say the Red Sox thing. No. I'm just saying I think it's possible. I'm It
0: is possible. It is possible, but it's definitely not probable. But I will say this. The reason I'm rooting for it is it's now the funniest outcome. Because we were out all here talking cash bleep about this Celtics team because we figured the Miami Heat were going to go ahead and do us the favor of burying them and so we were getting takes off we were talking about their mental makeup their metal as a team Joe Missoula's future all this stuff and now we talk about Jimmy Butler with bulletin board material if Boston somehow did pull this off the, the clips that they'd be able to pull for the rest of time around this team of all of us I think universally in sports media this is one of the places where everyone came to get their shots in, it would be Charlotte objectively hilarious on the other side for Boston to get to just jujitsu the hell out of us.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I do think it was funny coming into the studio this morning. I was like, this is why our careers are objectively hilarious because we come in with our takes and we're like, Celtics are going to get swept like they're awful. They're not going to be able to get it together. And then they get it together. And everything you said was wrong. But you still said it, and a lot of people listened to it, and it was pretty entertaining. And so I'm just like, we're just out here saying stuff about the future that we have no idea about. And uh, so yeah, they they have all the material they need, and hopefully, in you know, for me and my fandom, it works.
0: I will say, and this is, to me, the most interesting and telling stat of the entire series. And, Dad, kind of underscores the problem that you talked about with this team because part of what Charlotte said, the future we were all predicting was based on the past where up until last night, Jason Tatum, the best player on the Celtics team, an all-NBA player, a guy who's going to get a million billion dollars this (laughs) offseason, made his first fourth-quarter field goal last night. The first three games, he did not make a single shot. In the fourth quarter, he attempted shots, but not nearly enough of them to actually go out there and make a difference or get one to go through the basket. And so just that alone is the best indicator of the level of aggression that now this team brought to the party. That's why, Dad, they're so frustrating. And this Boston Celtics team is hard for me to wrap my mind around. Because every once in a while, you see it. I mean, every once in a while, you see flashes of it enough to get them to three Eastern Conference Finals in four years. But then for some reason, inexplicably, you get a stat like that that pops up that has nothing to do with three-point shooting, even though we know they're a team relying on that, even though we know Jason Tatum yeah. is a guy that shot well from beyond the arc last night and can't have that capability, but that stat is just aggression and your ability as the star to say, give me the damn ball and let me go and try and impact these games that we're losing, and that's the frustrating part, I think, for everyone watching.
1: Yeah, they outscored Miami by 30 points in the three from the three-point uh all you know, 18 of 45, 40%. Miami was 8 of 32 for 25%. So they got it done with the three ball. But this is what makes what we do so much fun. And just to prove that we don't know anything, uh, you know, no matter what sport, even when we try and break down the sport we played, there are times when you just don't know anything. We went from, are they going to break up? Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, is Missoula going to be fired after we saw the great video of he playing against Jimmy Butler from West Virginia when Butler was at Marquette? We start talking about, oh, this team's going to have to break it up, another another new head coach, break up the stars, to all of a sudden, they got to win, and guess what? Tyler Hero has the brace off his hand and he can start ball handling. Maybe he'll be back soon to help this team. I mean, that's what you love about this. I I still say they're not going to come back and win this. Uh, I don't think they will. I think it was too little too late. They needed that. Uh, in game three, but that's what we do now. All of a sudden, Missoula can save his job. you know uh, Tatum will get his 305 million or whatever is Brown will get his 295 million or whatever it is. and this team will stay together and win championships after one game last night. I love what we do. This is so much fun.
0: I just want it on the record of saying that while my dad thinks he doesn't know anything, I know everything. And so if you're looking for coherent sports takes and the right answers to your future problems, make sure you keep coming back to the show because I've got all these <sighs> answers. Dad, I'm sorry you ran out of answers over the course of 20 years. I can't speak to that for you, but I still got plenty of them in the tank if you want to borrow some from time to time. We will, by the way, as we go on in this show, play a little game, new one that's sweeping the nation, called Grade That Take where we go back Uh and we grade a couple of takes from earlier in these rounds in the NBA postseason. And let's just say, going to be some interesting grades after last night. Going to be some things I'm not necessarily proud of here. Charlotte, I am curious for you, though, as you do sit down there, we've got an interesting dynamic at play now because we talked about In the NBA, we had a potential for two sweeps to occur in the conference finals. Had never happened before in the history of the NBA and now won't happen thanks to the uh, Boston Celtics win last night. We also had the same setup. Now, I don't know if it had happened before or not but in the NHL uh, conference finals, where Vegas now last night takes a 3-0 lead. You've got the Florida Panthers with a 3-0 lead that they're taking into tonight against the Hurricanes here. Charlotte, has this cracked any of the bravado overall for South Florida sports as they have walked into the office today? What's been the temperature around the office down there at the Meadowlark Studios?
2: No, I think it's been – I think there's a lot of confidence. I think there's a lot of confidence. And and if any, you know, the Panthers, if they sweep, then I mean that just the confidence is off the charts. And maybe the Heat didn't do it, but the Panthers – well, I don't know. But I think that there is a level of understanding that if that happens again and then it happens again, the Celtics in the Heat, then you're at a Game 7 situation. And I'm not saying – I'm not like – do I think they can do it? Yes, I actually do. I I had a spooky feeling about the Heat earlier this season, and I mean earlier these playoffs, and I have a spooky feeling about the Celtics now. And my feeling, Mike, your dad might not know anything, and you might know everything, but I've got this spooky meter. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's I think there's a lot of confidence down here, but uh, but I think people should watch out for the spook factor. The
0: you know what? I'm appreciative that Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have, we're going to have to get Charlotte's spooky meter built out at some point here. So she can uh, start to grade things along that the arbiter of sports is now also the queen of spooky and she's manages to go down there and not be infected with the heat culture that I'm sure has been barfed all over her. And so uh, Dad, since you mentioned it, while we try and send Charlotte over to maybe steal Stu Gotz or Jess or someone else from the shipping container, we also need to ask the question about this Celtics team and the Lakers team that we saw eliminated based off what we've seen from the last couple of games. Because like you said, everyone wants to tinker. Everybody wants to change. But how much of that is actually real? Can we level set a little bit here and try and coherently take about these two teams heading into their NBA offseason? All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. And remember to check out Jagermeister at www.draftkingsxjagermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jagermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jagermeister US, White Plains, New York. Guys, before we get to any more basketball stuff, though, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news bulletin here that I need to read to you guys. Courtesy of Dad, your and I's old coworker, Mikey C. of Weekend Observations, SVP and Rosillo fame, tweeted at me that today, May, uh, May 24th, is National Mike Day. A celebration of everybody named Mike. We talked the other day about how we believe the Mikes could outdo the Kyles in trying to have the most same-name people in one spot on a given day. But this is our day. So, Dad, happy Mike Day to you. Charlotte, thank you for being here to help us celebrate Mikes across this great nation. All of you, shape, size, race, gender, however
1: you come to it, we appreciate you for being Mikes and having the most unoriginal baby name on planet Earth. I was gonna say, you know, we used to have the most popular name for, for such a long time. Now, I don't even think we're on the top 10 list anymore. I mean, it, is, it has gone Ooh. to some different kind of names out there, So and, and Mike or Michael hasn't been one of them. So, I, there are times when, Mike, I have regretted naming you, Mike, because we ended up in the same business of football and then media, and at times, it's gotten confusing. Um, I've gotten your paycheck a few times. You have gotten uh, the benefit of my travel schedule at ESPN a few times. so Yeah, but never your
0: paycheck, which by the way, we need to figure out what's going on with that because this is bull stuff. I worked with you for seven years when you made a lot more money than me and not once did payroll screw that up for me and do me that favor. I got a bunch of your emails. I got asked to do a bunch of stuff that you were supposed to do, but no one saw fit to try and change my life with that one paycheck that could have had me a made man. So I still hold a grudge to some people over at disney payroll charlotte
2: <laughs> listen you should of all the things you want mixed up that's one of them i just uh yeah <laughs> in the intro by the way i'm honored to be here celebrating the mics on Mike day um can't think of two better mics to be celebrating with. <laughs> i uh i looked in my phone just now i put mike in my contacts and you could you could scroll for a while here. I don't know if this is a, a factor of being born in nineteen eighty nine and that being a very popular name, but there are a lot of mics in there.
0: Well, Charlotte, I would say the Abundance of mics, because I always joke if you walk into any room and just shout Mike you'll watch like nine heads turn your way. That was how I got the nickname Gojo was being where you were down in South Beach with the Levitar crew and because Mike Ryan is the EVP down there was I don't know what Mike's title is I know the search for the EVP I think continues but when Mike was the EVP there. He was the lead mic in that show, and so I needed a different reference point, and that was where they came up with the name Gojo. So it was born out of too many mics. Now, we mentioned, Dad, you mentioned the top baby names. Do you want to take a guess at the top five, any of the top five current names, the most popular baby names according to babycenter.com for boys in 2023? Charlotte and Dad, I will give you each – I'll say two guesses of a top five boy-baby name in 2023. Dad, let's start with you.
1: Liam. All right. Did you look them up? No, but but I, I saw this list. D- it's number one, isn't it? Yeah.
0: No, Liam's number two, so this actually gives me a little bit of hope. Charlotte, what's your guess? Because Liam is one of the answers. It's number two.
2: Oh, God, I don't know. And I see all those baby name TikToks, too. Do you see those people on TikTok who are like, here's how to name your kid? Which I always thought was sort of funny because they're like, if you want a name, no one's using. And I'm like, well, now everybody's going to use it because they're all seeing this. Um, I don't know what the what the, what the the boys name it. I know that girl is very cool for girls right now. You see, Mike Senior, you seem like you've got an idea.
1: Well, how about Malachi? Okay, so that's not
0: Malachi... Malachi is nowhere in the top 10 for either list. Aurora is a girl's name that's at 12, which is pretty wonderful. Brandon, I heard your voice out there. Do you have any guesses for top five baby names for boys? Or I'll open up to girls too.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Caleb is up there. And um, I'd probably say Himshad's number one. Who? Uh,
0: unfortunately, no. Shad not number one. Um, okay. or anywhere on this list because you just made that up here now. The top five <laughs> male baby names of 2023, according to BabyCenter.com, are number five, Lucas, number four, Ooh, okay. Elijah, number three, wow. Oliver, number two, Liam, and number one, shout out to the Bible, Noah, number one baby name for 2023. Wow. Really wow. Noah and okay. I think in a way so you know how like during sports seasons they say this team's the only team that's top five in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency the version of yeah, your baby names <laughs> goes to the base level of Oliver and Olivia. Olivia, the number one girl's name for 2023 so far. Oliver checking in at number three, the only same name likeness on both sides of the aisle on this one. So where Michael and Michelle used to have some semblance of dominance, Oliver and Olivia have taken over. Charlotte, I'm stunned.
2: You know, it's kind of crazy because I think for us, we think of the top five names right now, at least I do, as sort of like cool, a little bit different, fun names. And everyone who's having kids is around our age, so they're also probably thinking that and then naming their kids that, and then everybody's singing that at the same time. And you got, because yeah. it used to be like Matt, Mike, Ryan, Kyle, I, you know, like those well, were the sort of dependables.
1: Well, I'll say Mike went to the top five baby names I went to the, the, the topic of du jour of today. From 1961 <laughs> until 1998, Mike was the number one boy name in America.
0: You damn right. You damn right. Yeah. From 1999
1: to 2008, it was number two. So like, we still got a lot of Mike's coming. Yeah, as we should. I mean, because you see some of the other some of the other names out there. Like we always say this, like about Gwyneth Paltrow, she named her kid Apple. I mean, what are you doing? What 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 are you? You you got to think about your kid when they go to school. Of what's going to happen Apple in that school? I, it doesn't matter. You got to think of your kid. I don't care what it means to her. You got to think of your kid when he's in fourth grade and the 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 teacher's doing roll call. Apple, Apple. At here you know you're afraid to raise your hand because you're gonna get mocked for being named apple i mean seriously
0: that is true who someone whose last name was go Golick, lick definitely got mocked their fair yeah. share in middle school yeah. so you can imagine yeah. middle school kids no matter what your name is tremendously unkind people Alright, as we transition away from celebrating Mike's, which the more I hear about it, the more I think about it, is the LeBron James of baby names, considering it's incredibly dominant run where it was either first or second for the majority of the years of my lifetime make sure you celebrate the mic in your life today restaurants establishments make sure you offer mics some sort of free product as the day goes on it's the right thing to do and you don't want to be on the wrong side of history because again there's a lot of us and we'll come for you but in the meantime uh before we get to also a little game that we've called grade that take where we're going to go back and uh spoiler alert grade some takes that we had uh dad and charlotte and charlotte i want to start with you and ask this question because While you are hopped up on Celtics in seven bravado now, you believe this Boston team has the capability to at least make it a little froggy in the Eastern Conference Finals, which I will say, I'm hoping they win game five. I want to see this get a little bit interesting, and I want to save us from the eight-day break that we were due for, had the heat gone out one last night between the Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. But Is last night going to do enough Charlotte in your mind to temper some of the expectations because the Lakers lost and are now heading into an off season where LeBron James is hinted at retirement. They've got a bunch of players up contractually here. Kyrie Irving was in the building. Darvin Ham, much like Joe Missoula, a first-year coach in this seat who weathered an end of the season that most of the fan base isn't happy with. So, Charlotte, I would ask you, coming off of last night, which of these teams in the form we saw them this year is most likely to show up at the start of next season with the same core, same head coach, same star players. Is it the Lakers or is it the Boston Celtics?
2: I don't know how likely it is for either, but I think it's more likely for the Celtics because I think, I don't know that this, say they lose on Thursday. I don't know that this one win saves anybody um, because those first three games were so bad. And, Al Horford after the game, I, I saw this interview that was really interesting because he was like we were in a funk, like something happened. He was like something happened, and I was like what happened? Like he he not that there was an event, but just like they were so completely off. Tatum after the game blamed it on uh, the Heat doing more zone uh, defense than they'd been used to and having to adjust to that. But it was like it was like they lost. It was like. Space Jam, you know, the most overused reference of all time, but the monsters came for their powers. And and I think that if they can keep going, if they can win one more, two more even, if they can get it to 3-3, three, three, I think that changes a lot. Um, I don't know if it changes enough. Um, and I think that Brown not being fully healthy, because I, I, I think he's he's the elbows bothering him, the hand. Um, I think that that is probably playing into it more. So I think that there's more of a chance for the Celtics that they that they are still together than the Lakers because I don't know what LeBron's going to do.
0: So Charlotte, you would think that Joe Missoula ends up coming back here. That's, the that's I think, the big question hanging over this. You would say Tatum and Brown both get paid and Joe Missoula comes back?
2: If they can get it to 3-3, I think there's more of a chance. I feel like even winning, I, I don't know, I... I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's a a chance if they win another game on Thursday and a bigger chance if they win. I think it's really dependent on what happens here in the next few days.
1: See, I, I think it's, and I agree with Charlotte about the team, and I think it's less about the coaches. If Missoula is gone, I think that has less effect than if Tatum or Brown are gone on that team. If they can keep more of the players together there, L.A., man, I don't know what the hell is going on with the different scenarios that they can have. We talked about it the other day. Kyrie Irving was there. So, you know, there's that rumor. Does he come in? But as I mentioned, then you lose your depth. You know, see the Phoenix Suns, you know, on that when They traded for Durant and lost all their depth and got ousted when you have some talent. So there's something to having stars on your team, but at what cost? having those stars. We know with AD and LeBron, you are on your last legs of that, and you know in Boston, you're not. You know, if you can keep this core together, look at Golden State, the run that they went on. That's what you're kind of looking for in Boston, but you have to deal with Philadelphia, obviously, as well, what Miami is doing. Milwaukee's not going anywhere, so you do have all that as well, but I think right now, the Celtics are right there, so I I would not tinker with that team too much if they, if they can. You know, there's a whole lot that goes into it. It's, it's easy to say don't tinker with it much, but there's free agents, restricted free agents, salary cap, all those things you have to deal with. And we know the money the two stars are about to get paid, but you can always pay the luxury tax as well when you go over. So I think that team has a better chance because it has younger parts uh, as the core than the Lakers do. I think the Lakers are trying to manufa- – every anywhere LeBron is, you're trying to manufacture a team every year to win it that particular year. It's almost like the Rams every year where LeBron is. You sell out, you do everything you can to win it that year. And if you don't, it's a disappointment. If you do, then it pays off. And we saw it paid off for the Lakers in the bubble when they won it. But then you do it again. Even LeBron said after, yeah, I'm disappointed. My only goal is to win a championship. I've done everything else. So I have a feeling that team can get tinkered with a hell of a lot more than the Celtics.
0: Yeah, but I guess not around the main parts, right? Because we all assume, or at least I think, I'm calling LeBron's bluff on the retirement thing. I saw Arash Markazi actually presented what I think is the most Potentially coherent LeBron timeline that I saw thrown out yesterday in the midst of all this. He pointed out and said LeBron isn't leaving without a retirement tour, which I think is fair. He said his goal was to play in the NBA with Bronny. He's one mile down the road and will likely be a one and done. LA hosts the 2025 NBA All Star game, which would be a great send off for LeBron James. And then NBA Vegas ownership by 2023. Now, I would question LeBron playing with Bronny. Is that something that can happen in Los Angeles? Is he going? to structure his deal so that he's got the ability to move and go wherever LeBron James Jr. is, I would think that's probably the
1: case. Dad, what do you think? He Well, he he can. I mean, his contract next year is under contract for $46 million. Then the year after, the year if Bronny was a one-and-done and and would go to the league, LeBron has a player option at $50 million. So he set it up that way. So he has the choice that year when Bronny could – technically come out as a one and done with a player option to, you know, decline that and go wherever Bronny goes or however that would go. If Bronny would be with the Lakers, I have no idea. But he is kind of set up to do that. And I agree with the other points. I do think he'd want a far- farewell tour. I do think he'd love the the all-star game in L.A. I, I do think he is, while he's one of the greatest to ever play, he's also about the show as well. And as you mentioned the other day, we've been following this guy since he was 14, 15 years old. You know, and now he'll play at least 40 and it's been absolutely an incredible career, owned just about every record there is. When it's all said and done, yeah, I, I, I agree. No and so all of that. Man, oh, go ahead, Charlotte.
2: There's no way he's retiring. There's no way he's retiring without no. a without a retirement tour or two years of it. Or there's no way. Like we've been, as you said, we've been following for so long. Like his whole life has been not just basketball, but his own story. And you can't have a story without a really neat. Satisfying ending. And if that ending isn't going to be a championship, then it's got to be the pomp and circumstance around the ending itself, I think.
0: I would agree. And so all that to me leads back to the point we made where. Dad, him leaving is, I think, at best a year off when the LeBron James Jr. factor yep. kicks into these things. I don't think he's actually going to miss the entirety of his season. Maybe he tries to pull the Gronk thing where he really devalues the regular season and says, I'm going to rest up. I'm going to be a you know college basketball dad at the beginning of the season. However, he wants to finagle it, but I think he's back. Obviously, Anthony Davis, I think, is going to be there. And Darvin Ham. I don't think his job ever seemed like it was truly in jeopardy, No. no matter what people try and say about LeBron. And then on the other side, it's kind of like quarterbacks in the NFL where once you get to a certain range, a team's really got no choice to pay you because finding other versions of that out in the vast sea of nonsense is really more difficult than people give it credit for. Tatum and Brown are well over that line. They're so good, you can't not go out there, even with the results being a little bit less than you wanted, but one year removed from a finals appearance and not pay those guys. So really, and Charlotte, it comes back to this, I don't think firing Joe Missoula is the best idea. If you thought he was the guy enough to pull him off that bench when Ime got left going, ousted under those circumstances, take the interim tag off him, and then now let him get really valuable postseason experience in year one on the bench as the head coach, Point over to the Miami Heat, the Denver Nuggets, all these places that value continuity if you believe you've got the right guy rather than going and riding the same musical chairs NBA game with all these retread coaches that Phoenix and others are getting ready to do right now. Firing Joe Missoula at this point seems like it would be counterproductive relative to where you are in the life cycle of this Celtics team, but maybe I'm mistaken.
2: Well, I think the problem is that a bunch of people have convinced themselves that we're not at a young point of the life cycle because they've been here five times now with this core. And since 2018, they've been contenders with like young, exciting, homegrown players. And so it because it's been so, I mean, these guys are only like Tatum's 25, you know, 26, Marcus is Marcus Smart, how old is he, 28, 27, 26? Like, they're young still, and there's still time to, I mean, maybe not young in basketball years, but they're in their prime, and I think a lot of people feel like this was the best chance, and I don't think there's a lot of thinking forward in terms of, can they get here again, because it seems impossible, because they've gotten here so many times before. I think there's a lot of recency bias going on.
0: Uh, Marcus yeah, you, you Mark, look for at, what it's worth, basically yeah. the octogenarian of this group at 29 years old. It's that sports meme. He's oh, I'm 35. I have my. He's yeah. 29. I know he's closer to our age, which is terrifying for him and the way well, that announcers will talk about him in his advanced age, Dad.
1: Yeah, that is true. But but uh, Charlotte, you look at it. Robert Robert Williams, who by the way, I love. I love watching that dude play. He he is ferocious on defense. He's 25. Grant Williams is 24. Derek White is 28. Smart, you mentioned, is 29. Horford's the old man of the sea there at 36. Uh, and then you got the youngsters in Brown at 26. Um, and and obviously Tatum at 25. So while they have the experience, they are young enough to keep them together. And and Mike, to your point, yes, I wouldn't say fire Joe Missoula, but we know that's what happens, right? We know that's what happens is we didn't get where we want to go. We're losing or we're probably going to lose to an eighth seed, we got to make a change. We got to do something that says we think we have the team to win the finals and we didn't get there and we, and we didn't get there by losing to an A seed. We got to make a change. Let's fire the coach. You know, there there is way too much a rush to judgment because you're right. It's musical chairs. Two of the final four for the for the Phoenix job is Nick Nurse and Doc Rivers, just switching from Toronto or Philly over to Phoenix. You know, it's just the rotation. It's just the retread. So, what is, what does it actually do in the long run? But I think ownership or management feels. They need to make a change to say, we're right there. We know we're right there. We're going to make and do whatever we have to do to get us over the top. And if that means getting rid of this coach, damn it, that's what we'll do because we want to win. And and sometimes they just do everything. They pull the trigger too quick.
0: Oh, they definitely do that. I'm just saying they probably shouldn't in this case unless you really think you've got the answer. And, man, it's like talking to your friend who's had a bad ex. Honey, Doc Rivers is not the answer. Like, you don't, you don't want to do that. You don't need to go down that road. Don't go back to that path. You're not going to go back to him. You've already had the good times there. Nick Nurse seems like a great guy. I don't know if he's the one to push it over the top either unless you're going to get Kawhi Leonard there. Maybe do the college thing where you bring a couple of Navy SEALs in to train the team because it seems like more than anything you need to – or since Jason Tatum is a Kobe system guy, show him Kobe Bryant highlights and be like, dude, he would make shots in the fourth quarter. Maybe just think about doing that. While we're being predictive – I do want to go back though, because we do need to play a game. We've got about six minutes left here of grade that take because dad, you and I were arguing last night about the nature of this Charlotte Wilder in her infinite clairvoyance for someone who says we don't know anything about sports. I want to posit this take. This is all the way back on May 10th. So we're sitting here two weeks later to the day after Charlotte said this, I want to pull this up, play this and then play grade the take. Who do we think the actual best team in the postseason remaining is right now? Like, Charlotte, just knee-jerk reaction when I say that. Who comes to mind for you right now? Part of me thinks
2: the Nuggets just because of how absolutely dominant they've been. And part of me thinks that the Heat could sneaky keep this going. I think, in, in my opinion, Jimmy Butler, I know his stats aren't the best of everybody, but what he's been doing is this superhuman pulling together of a team and you've got Eric Spolstra who is getting incredible play out of guys who went undrafted on his bench. It's unbelievable. I don't want everybody on the Levitard Show in Miami to hear this and clip this and use this against me when the Celtics are not in the playoffs anymore. But I I do think that that is not the correct answer, but I think that there's a feeling around it that I would not count them out. But I think the real answer is probably Denver.
0: All right, so Charlotte, I'm going to go, Dad, I want your take on this next. I'm going to go A-minus on this just because right at the very end, you hedged a little bit with the Denver Nugget there, pun fully intended, coming off of what was otherwise a perfect look at this because there were still plenty of teams alive two weeks ago, and we had still, I think as a public, not yet totally bought into the idea that the Miami Heat could actually win a championship. Dad, what is your grade before we hear Charlotte's assessment of her own take?
1: Well, I'm listen, I am a Charlotte fan. I think we all understand that. But you know, I have to be the stern teacher here. She kind of waffled, right? She kind of gave two answers. She kind of said Miami, then right at the end, she said, but probably Denver. So at the end of the day, did she really pick a side? You know, I mean, that's, that's my question to you, Charlotte, did you really pick a side?
2: I would argue that I just predicted the end of the NBA season because I still think that the Nuggets would beat the Heat if the Heat make it to the finals. Um, so I think that it was actually a, a very accurate take. I think I was saying I feel good about Miami in a way that nobody else does right now, but I also think the correct answer is Denver. And I think I'd give that take an A because A, I said it. Um, no, <laughs> I'm just also <laughs> never right this way. So I'm going to just really take this moment and uh, and soak it in.
0: oh the sweet the sweetest drug in sports media a correct taker prediction in our vast sea of being wrong about stuff all the damn so rare
2: so rare
0: all right speaking of that i believe we also have the take from dad earlier this nba postseason if we want to pull that up concerning the denver nuggets before we play grade that take
1: to be more consistent i think down the line of the lineup denver has a better lineup outside of even the stars. I trust Jokic to do what he did more on a consistent basis than anybody else left in the playoffs. The next in line would be Jimmy Jimmy Butler. For sure. But Jokic, I I expect that all the time, and I think he's got a really good surrounding cast uh, as well. I, I I think this could be Denver's year if Jokic is playing out of his freaking mind right now. But then again, I guess we could say, well, we've seen this from him. He's got two MVPs that we've seen the do this, but they've never closed the deal in the playoffs. And the way he's playing right now in the playoffs, I just think he'll be consistent with that. I think he has a better supporting cast and I think they will they will continue doing what they're doing.
0: All right, so that take was from May 16th, so only about eight days old here, not been in the oven all that long. Dad, I'm going to give this a solid B-minus mostly because I think you just said the obvious thing here. I don't think there was a ton of bravery in the take here. We could all see that Nikola minute. Jokic, who's built like a college offensive lineman, going out there giving everyone buckets, was clearly a part of the best team this time a week ago.
1: Time out! Time out! The question was, who's the best team in the playoffs? What? Why am I supposed to go out on a limb? The best team in the playoffs is Denver. Let that's me ask the fruit you is. both this. Let, let me – so what? You asked a question. I gave the correct answer. That was an A-plus answer, by the way. And I'll ask you both this, and, Mike, I'll start with you. If you had to lay any amount – if you had to lay the, all the money you have in your bank account on one team right now to win the championship, tell me it's not Denver. It's Denver. So, and that's what well, I Jack- said. Denver is the team. So, listen, that was the question. What's the best team left in the playoffs? Denver. I gave you the answer, and it was the correct answer, A-plus, teacher's pet.
2: You know how teacher's in, pet, in who's elementary the school – teacher? Yeah, your son. Your son's a teacher. No, in elementary school, you know how they would have, like, you wouldn't get grades, but they would be, like, satisfactory, exceptional yeah. – whatever, and it was for different categories. I feel like that take was in its correctness, exceptional, in its originality, needs improvement.
0: (laughs) That is true. I like the idea that we're grading this like gymnastics where it's like, All right, yeah, yeah, you executed what you were going for correctly. Unfortunately, the degree of difficulty was not all that high because, again, I will say when we go back a couple of weeks to when Charlotte gave that take, we still had teams like the Suns out there. We still had more people available to you in this pool of teams to potentially pick versus now, Dad, where as you stand here bravely hand over heart with all of three teams left in the NBA and say who would we bet on to win the finals, that's impressive.
1: All I have to say is your take, which we don't have time to play. You said there would be two sweeps. So while Charlotte and I both get an A, you get an F because you were flat out wrong.
0: You know what? But there is valor in the attempt because, again, high degree of difficulty. Going and predicting something that had never happened in NBA history. On National Mike Day, I award myself a gold star.
2: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.
0: All right, now that everyone's done kissing up to the teacher after a rousing game of grade that take, we got to get ready to send everyone back off into the wild here. My dad, I've now realized, is left home alone by himself. My mom's out of the house. He's got dogs to take care of. Charlotte, I worried about you a little bit down in South Beach with all of these Miami fans inside that studio. I'm a lot more worried, Dad, about you alone in the house having to take care of all these things without mom's guidance.
1: Yeah, there, there's trouble here because of Ted. Our <clears throat> we have three dogs. Hank is a twelve-year-old pug. Harry's a six-year-old pug, and Ted is a two-year-old bulldog who is like a downhill linebacker. Everything is straight ahead into a wall and just destroys everything. So I fear. Your mother said, "Put him in the cage while you're doing the show." I opted not to. I said I wanted oh, to give Jesus. him his freedom, and. He was down, down here for a while downstairs, and I don't hear him anymore. So I am really scared of what I'm going to find when the show is over.
2: Silence is always the worst sign yeah. when you yeah. have a force of nature for a dog. You you might yeah. be in a little bit of trouble, but I'm praying for Ted.
0: Yeah. You're in the eye <laughs> of the Ted storm right now, and the results are usually not good. So we'll all say a silent prayer for my dad that because – Ted, it's not his fault. It's your fault, and no. my mom knows that, yeah. which means you're the one that's in for an ass-chewing if this goes sideways. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to try and get everyone out of the eye of the storm and into this, that, and the third. Three quick stories to finish off your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five-star rating, and uh, check out the Wilder things.substack and see what Charlotte's been cooking up in the kitchen lately as she has been all over the country Fulfilling her Meadowlark responsibilities, getting us through the NBA postseason. And speaking of one of your teammates down there at Meadowlark, Dad, the most Jets thing humanly possible happened to Stu Gotson company as we get to this. Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard both sidelined with injury during Jets OTAs. Uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently with a small calf tweak. Uh, Alan Lazard also going off the field during OTAs, being checked out by medical personnel. As Stu Gott said, Dad, Aaron Rodgers now officially a Jet because something bad has happened here, even if it's minor and they don't think it's actually anything.
1: Listen, this is what every Jet fan will. Jet fans cannot deal with good things happening to them. And right now everybody's talking about them as being in it in the AFC. They have one of the best defenses, which they do. Their offense, the old line needs to be rebuilt a little bit, but now you have Aaron Rodgers and some help at the receiver position. So you're going to be in games because of your defense. You have a good team to talk about, so this is what a Jet fan does. Their glass isn't cracked. Their glass is smashed. So they are fully prepared for Aaron Rodgers to go down in training camp or early in the season and see Zach Wilson come back in and lead this Jet team to mediocrity.
2: Well, Zach Wilson did say that he was coming for for Aaron Rodgers' job. So I do think, ah. though, that as, as far as Jets fans go, you want as many small bad things to happen as possible so that you're not waiting for the one big bad thing. So I think that if you actually think about it, this could be good for, for Jets fans. You, you can't have those high expectations the whole time.
0: That is true. Brush him back a little bit early, a fastball on the inside of the plate. I will say my favorite part of this is, and this is in the ESPN.com article, the injury appeared to happen when he was hopping on a small medicine ball, one of the quirky exercises that they do to warm up before practice. And Rogers, when commenting on the warm-up, said, obviously there's science behind it. So good to know Aaron's done his own research <laughs> on the Jets warm-up routine as well. Um, guys, <laughs> let's get to that. The NFL is changing more rules. Now, apparently, uh, it was voted through yesterday that the uh, NFL would change its rules surrounding the kickoff to where now any touchback or fair catch would now bring kickoffs down and spot them at the 25-yard line instead of the 20. So, Dad, you've lived longer than all of us and experienced the NFL when you had the wedge on kickoffs and no one cared about concussions. Seeing this now, what do you think about the future of the kickoff in the NFL based on this rule change?
1: Well, it's, it's got to stay. I mean, those are special teams jobs, you know, that that need to be there for players. And, yeah, back in the day when I was one of those guys back that that formed that wall behind the returner and the wedge guys would just come down, not only fly through the air but turn their bodies sideways to try and knock us all out, where we've gone <laughs> to now – where I, oh yeah, I mean, listen, they were psychos, absolute psychos, and 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 everybody loved it. So now, and, and it was, and we all knew you'd figure out something when they changed the kickoff rules. And it was Bill Belichick. We're going to pop up our kickoff to the to the to the outside, the hash marks to about the three yard line, and we're going to bury the team inside the twenty yard line. Last two seasons, concussions are have been up on kickoffs, kick our kickoff, kickoff returns about 37% of them have been returned. They think this will drop it down to 31%. But I think you'll eventually get to, and we looked at it weird, the XFL kickoff. So you're going to keep the kickoff, but everybody lined up like 20 yards from the returner, five yards from each other, and nobody could move until the returner caught the ball. So now the kickoff team couldn't build up full speed to have those crazy collisions. And you can still have a kickoff return where you need these special teams players. So this is a one-year deal on this rule. They'll revisit it next year, and I do think they'll change it again So just so they, they want to be able to keep that kickoff, but they want to keep those, the concussions down.
2: I also think it's significant that they change this after college changed it, because we've seen so many of the rule changes in the NFL follow the college game um, and sort of use them as a model. So I think we're going to have to pay a lot of attention to what uh, college teams and, and what the conferences are doing, because I think that'll tell us a lot about what's coming for the good old yeah. NFL
0: yeah, <laughs> the NF of L uh, last year, the average kick returns fielded outside of the end zone went to at least the 24.3 yard line. So they're going to get about a 0.7 yard advantage yeah. with this new rule put into play. And dad, I'm with you. I think this is a trial balloon. I think they want another year of data from the XFL to try and see. All right. What are the health stats on this? What are the stats on the return here? Can we keep this exciting play in? Because they said more changes on the way, but that is not going to go up into and including eliminating the kickoff altogether because they understand that's a little bit too much, even at a time where it seems like the NFL is changing everything. Um, But, guys, let's get to the third because some things change and others, they stay the same. And that is the world of video games always giving us something extremely difficult to grapple with. So vulture.com did a list and ranking of the 100 toughest video game levels of all time boiled down into a list. They have at number one on this list, Turbo Tunnel from the game Battletoads on Super NES from 1991 that I had never heard of before this. But I ask you guys, Dad, starting with you, and I'm scared to ask this because you're 60, do you have a pick for the hardest video game you've ever played?
1: Yeah, I like in the break when you said Pong. Yeah, real nice. Um, I would say Zelda was very difficult. I mean, I haven't played video games in decades, but I remember Zelda, and I remember Zelda being very, very hard.
0: Dad, you have no idea how timely that is. That's incredible. Charlotte? Really?
2: Mike, you, you picked the two funniest people to ask this of. Um, I The last video game I played, seriously, was probably when I was 14, and it was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, and there was a mall <laughs> level that was really, really difficult. Um, and I sort of miss it. I think it, it might be it might be time to bring that back for me personally
0: oh charlotte wilder streaming on twitch is the world that we need to live in going forward I'd say this, and I know, Dad, you'll remember me having played this. Charlotte, you might remember this also. Number six on this list was Through the Fire and the Flames on Guitar Hero 3 from 2007. There was no more impressive group of human beings on this earth to me than my junior year of high school, than the people that could get through that on expert level. Charlotte, I see your eyes light up, and I know you feel the same way.
2: Oh, yeah. What is it? Um, She's My Cherry Pie. What song is that? I don't know if that was from that level, but I, I really... That was, I that was from, from Guitar Hero
0: I Love the 80s, which was also an absolute okay. banger. This one makes my I pinkies like- hurt just thinking about it, trying to flex getting to that note. So at Gojo so, Show real, on real, Twitter... Real-
1: Yeah, real quick before this ends. Ted is staring at me right now with a shoe in his mouth. So I'm glad the show is over because I'm in trouble.
0: (laughs) Oh, God help us all. Subscribe, download, rate, and review. Help us beat the algorithm. Help my dad survive, Ted. Put it down. Put it down. Go, go. Boom. Money in the bank.